Well, I'd like to welcome you all here this morning. It's a beautiful day outside, and it can be a beautiful day inside with us, knowing that about 2,000 years ago, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was resurrected out of the tomb, out of the grave, victorious over death and victorious over all things, so that we today can have the opportunity of eternal life through Jesus Christ. So we'll begin the service this morning. Let's sing number 51, the old rugged cross.
this morning I'd like to sing another song to begin with number 261 at the cross we just sung about that old rugged cross that Jesus died upon and this song tells us about the cross and what can how we can use the cross let's pay attention to the words and let's sing number 261 at the cross.
that old rugged cross and that cross that is there for us to be able to see and recognize today spiritually. And the things that he says, he says here in that, he said, In what Christ the mighty maker died for man the creature's sin at the cross where I first saw the light. And putting our full faith and trust in him this morning that he died on that cross for your sins and for my sins. And let's put our faith and trust there this morning. And let's give him the honor and the praise and the glory for such a beautiful day outside. And as I mentioned earlier, such a beautiful day that we can think and we can remember on. That Christ is risen. He is there at the right hand of God the Father today as a mediator for you and me, mediating for us. He was the perpetuation for our sins. And He is there now today. We can see victory. We can see victory through Jesus Christ. And let's keep that in mind. And let's look for nothing else but victory. Because He lived, we can live also. Because He died on that cross, we can have power. Power over sin. The power of God to overcome all things. I'd like to read some this morning and continue in John. We have been reading there the last couple of weeks. and I want to continue there and even maybe go back and read just a few verses in some of the chapters that we read the last few weeks. Just bringing us up to the day here of our Lord and Savior. And the first we'll start reading just a little bit in John, the 15th chapter of John. Just a, a verse or two there that I want to be reminded of, of what he was reminding us of what he was telling his people about. First of all, he says, I am the vine, I am the true vine. And my father is the husband, and we know and we understand what that's all about today. That he is the vine there, and we must have be a part of that vine to be able to know and to accept Him, and to live in accordance with how He would live. Then in that 26th verse there, He says down at the very bottom in the 26th verse of the 15th chapter, He says, But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, He shall testify of Me." And ye also shall bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. But these are the things I want us to know and understand of what our Lord and Savior did. And he was just telling them what was going to happen there. And also, he mentioned in the 14th chapter, he says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you, and remember what we were talking, what he's telling his disciples and what he's telling us today is the wonderful word of God, the truths of God, the true truths of Jesus Christ. That Jesus came here, the Messiah, to overcome all things 
so that we could receive the Comforter, receive that new Spirit, that Spirit of the Holy Ghost, that then we are able to overcome. He goes on, let's read that 26th verse again there. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, remember, it comes through Jesus Christ from the Father, God the Father, even the Spirit of truth. And I want us to think about what is truth? The Word of God. That is what truth is. That is what Jesus Christ was talking about when he was speaking with Pilate there. And Pilate said, what is truth? The truth is the Word of God, His commandments, the gospel of Jesus Christ, which proceedeth from the Father. His Word, His understanding that he talked about, we just talked about in that other chapter there, that that comforter that whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. The truths, the Word of God, so that we will know and understand how to live our life and how to have hope of eternal life through the knowledge and understanding that he'll give to each and every one of us as we go through. I want to read a few verses in that 16th chapter now. (coughs) Starting there at the 5th verse. But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asketh me, whither goest thou? And he's rather, remember, we read and we talked about these things. That he says, I am going away to him that sent me, who sent him God the Father. His work here upon the earth was almost finished. Man's redemption was almost finished. It was completed. And he was just telling him what was about to happen. Whether goest thou, you don't even ask. But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. And yes, it was a very close friend of his. He was there discussing these things with his close friends. Telling them about that he was about to be crucified he was about to be arrested and put to death because of the wonderful works that he had been teaching people but man hated him for that it was the works nothing but the works of satan because i have said these things unto you sorrow hath filled your heart and sorrow has been able i'm sure that we have had a sorrowful heart some in thinking about what Jesus Christ went through just this week and thinking about these things of the timeline that we lived in, that we're living in, and the times that we're going through and when Jesus there was arrested, when He was there talking to His disciples just as He is doing that we are reading here today. And then going out and praying to God, that if these things could be removed him from Him, let it be removed, but not mine will, but thine be done. And there was an angel that came and comforted him in his great sorrow, in his grief about what he was about to go through. But then he goes on and he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Again, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. And if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And we know that 
He fulfilled that. He departed from this earth. And he has sent that comforter back that we all are able to have it and understand it. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believed not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He's speaking again about that new spirit. He's speaking about that new birth that he has promised, that he has told us, that you must be born again to be able to enter into the kingdom of God. And that's born again with that new spirit. That's born again with that new comforter that he's talking about. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, has come. Do you know that today? Do you know that spirit of truth within you today? Do you understand that he has promised that? That is the words of God. It is his promise that he would send, that he was going away. And he's going to send that to all of those that diligently seek him. Those that desire it from him, he will give it to them. Ask and you shall receive. He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Again, just the wonderful words of God that we've been reading and talking about. And let's keep going on. He remember, this was right there before he was to be crucified. Then you go on and into the 17th chapter, and he prays a wonderful, wonderful prayer there and right in the beginning of that we'll read a few verses there he says father the hour has come glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee as thou hast given him power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him now listen at those wonderful words now he's praying and he's talking to his father now And his disciples, I believe, are there and listening to this wonderful prayer that he is speaking to them. And he's just telling them, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, as you have given this to me, the Son, you've given me power over this flesh that I have never sinned. And then he goes on, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And that eternal life can come through Jesus Christ, from God the Father, through Him to you. He says that. That's what He has promised, that He should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given to Him. And who does God give to Him? Those that come to Him. Those that have faith in His Son. Those that repent of their sins and are baptized. For the remission of sins. 
They are the ones that come that God then gives to Jesus Christ to accept that spirit of the Holy Ghost. And this is life eternal. That they might know thee the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. This is life eternal. How that we can have that. He says that they may know that you are the true and living God. And Jesus Christ is the Son of God whom you have sent to overcome the world. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I have manifested thy name unto the, to the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words that thou gavest me. And they have received them and have known surely that I came out from thee. And they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world. But for them which thou hast given me. For they are thine. And all mine are thine and thine are mine. And I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world. But these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father. Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me. That they may be one as we are. And he is now not in this world. He is here in the spirit. But he is there with the right hand at the right hand of God the Father. And he is there praying For you and for me, the righteous. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me. Keep them from sin. Keep them from evil. That they may be one as we are one. Now look at what he is doing there. I mentioned earlier that he is our advocate. He is there at the right hand of God the Father doing just what he was doing here. Praying to the Father for us whom thou hast given me that they may be one as we are are we at one with jesus christ today if we are at one with him we're at one with god the father have we laid aside the things of this world have we laid aside that carnal mind the lust of the flesh the pride of the life and all of those things do we have them out of our life To where we can go straight forward. Whatever comes upon us. Remember what Jesus Christ went through, friends. For us. So that we can have eternal life. And yes, this body is temporary. Everything that we have here upon the earth is temporary. But we have a soul in that body. That is eternal. That will spend eternity somewhere. And Jesus Christ came here to the earth. So that we would have that opportunity. That that soul would spend eternity with God the Father in heaven. Let's use it. Don't let these things slip away from us.
as we go in the next couple of chapters there, he just it's the things there about Peter's denial, how he was arrested, different things there of what took place there in those days and how he went into the, how he told Pilate there. He in the nineteenth chapter, the eighth verse, he says, When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was afraid the more when they told him that he was the one he professed to be the Son of God. Now, that concerned Pilate. And went again into the judgment hall and sat down with Jesus and said, Whence art thou? But Jesus gave him no answer. Then said Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee and have power to release thee? Here is this mighty man, high authority Pilate, And him talking to the Son of God that had power over all things. That had created the world with his Father. And here he's telling him, he says, do you not understand? I'm sure it was in a sarcastic manner. Do you not understand that I have power to crucify you? Why do you not answer me? Jesus answered, thou couldst have no power at all against me. Except it were given thee from above. Therefore, he that delivereth me unto thee hath the greater sin. Jesus just speaking the words there, letting him know of truth there. The words of God, that this is why he had come here to the earth. And that he could have no power at all except God allowed it. He could have called upon 10,000 angels and they could have come and destroyed the world. But that was not why He came here. He came here to overcome Satan as the Messiah, as your Savior. And He was victorious in that. He overcame it all for you. Let's start reading some. They went on then. They hung him on that cross. Pilate wrote a a title and he put it on the cross. And the writing was Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. The title then read, Many of the Jews, for the place where Jesus was crucified was nigh to the city. And it was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. Then said the chief priest of the Jews to Pilate, Write not the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. He made it very plain and clear that that was what he felt like he was. And he said, That's what I've written. And it stayed that way. He was the king of the Jews. They rejected him. He is the king of all men today. Are we rejecting him or are we receiving him as our Savior? Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, they crucified him, put the nails through his hands and through his feet and hung him on that cross took his garment and made four parts to every soldier apart. And also his coat, now the coat was without seam, woven from top to the bottom. 
And they therefore among them said among themselves, Let us not rend it, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which saith, They parted my raiment among them, and for my vesture did they cast lots. These things therefore the soldiers did. Now here, these things were prophesied hundreds of years before, and these soldiers just doing the exact what was prophesied there. That the word of God be fulfilled. And here the son of God right there hanging on the cross right under them. And they were not even interested. Not paying any attention to those things. But casting lots, gambling to see who might be able to take his coat. No concern about what was going on there. No concern that this was the son of God that's hanging here that we are putting to death. Do we have concern today in our life that this man died for our sins? Do we have concern of the way we are living our life? Do you know Him as a realty? Are you walking upright with Him today? They hung Him on that cross then, at the 28th verse of the 19th, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the Scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Hanging on that cross, he began to be thirsty. In terrible pain. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon his and put it to his mouth. Look at what was going on there. If you had someone today, you have all, we've all seen people in a very bad condition before, right at the point of death maybe, and they were very thirsty and their mouth dry. Would you want to give them vinegar? Or would you want to do something to cool and to help to comfort their mouth with some cool water or something? But the hatred and the things of the mockery that was being done toward our Savior Jesus Christ when He cried out for something to drink. They put vinegar in the sponge and put it up on a stick to His lips and put it upon hyssop and put it to His mouth. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, He said... It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Some of the most beautiful words that can be spoken to us. That his pain and his anguish was finished. It was over. But the most wonderful thing about what he said there, it is finished. Man's redemption from hell had been finished. He had overcome. Victory now in God. It is finished. And he bowed his head. 
and gave up the ghost. What a wonderful thing to think about. It's sad and it brings sorrow to our heart that he had to go through this for our sin. Each and every one of us. It doesn't matter who you are, how good you think you are. You were condemned to hell without Jesus Christ. But with Him, through Him, we can have victory. A little while later, we'll go on and just read some more in that. The Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation that the bodies should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, was a high day, besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Then came the soldiers and break the legs of the first and of the other which were crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side and forthwith came out blood and water. And then when he saw it, he bare record. And his record is true. And he knoweth that he saith, and he knoweth that he saith true that you might believe. For these things were done. That scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. And again another scripture saith, They shall look on him whom they pierced. And after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him leave, and he came therefore and took the body of Jesus. And there came also Nicodemus, for first came to Jesus by night, and brought forth a mixture of mirth and aloes, about a hundred pound weight. Now look, here was men coming. People there that maybe had been afraid to openly worship Jesus, but now they were openly coming because they knew what He had done for them. They were openly coming there and desiring His body and desiring to do what they could for His burial and to give Him a proper burial. And they took the body of Jesus and wound it in linen clothes with spices as the manner of the Jews is to bury. Now in the place where he was crucified there was a garden. And in the garden a new sepulcher wherein was never man laid. There they laid Jesus. Therefore because of the Jews preparation day. For the sepulcher was nigh at hand. They buried him in that tomb. As the way that giving him the honor that he should have had, an honorable burial there. And then let's go on and read what took place then in the next few days after that. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, into the sepulcher, and seeing the stone taken away from the sepulcher, then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple and came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together and to the other, and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first into the sepulcher. And stooping down and looking in, he saw the linen clothes lying. Yet when he not in, 
Then cometh Simon Peter and followed him, and went into the sepulchre, and seeth the linen clothes lie, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also the other disciple, which came first to the sepulchre, and he saw and believed. One of the things that was going through their mind here, what was, what was happening? God knew all about it. Jesus had been resurrected out of the tomb. The tomb could not hold him. Death could not have power over him any longer. He was resurrected out of that grave, out of that tomb. For as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again into their own home, but Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. Great love for her friend. She was weeping. She did not know what had taken place, what had happened. But his body was gone. It brought great sorrow to her. And seeing two angels in white setting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had laid, and they said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto him, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had said, had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing, and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? Said the same word Jesus said these things that the angels had said. She supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said unto her, Mary. Isn't that a wonderful thing to think about? He had risen. He was standing right there. She maybe, there for some reason, she did not recognize him at once. She was, he was standing behind her. And he just called her name. She turned herself and saith unto him, Turn around then when he called her name, Rabona, which is to say, Master. Immediately recognizing who he was. Do we recognize that still small voice today? When he reaches out to us, are we able to recognize him? When he calls our attention to something, And are we ready to turn around, whatever it might be, whatever we are thinking, whatever is in our mind, turn around and look upon Him and call Him Master. Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I have not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend to my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. I ascend to my Father and your Father 
encouraging words. And to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. They were there in a very fearful condition. They didn't know what the Jews were going to do to the followers of Him, that they may come and say, you have been following Him, you are blasphemers also, and we are going to put you to death. He said they were there fearing the Jews. They had the door shut. Jesus just appeared there, right in the midst of them. Stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And that's what He will do for each and every one of us today and is doing. Peace be in unto you. That blessed peace, that peace that only comes from God the Father. Peace be unto you. That spiritual peace is what He wants each and every one of us to know today and to have. And when He had so said, He showed unto them Unto them his hands and his side. Then were his disciples glad when they saw it was the Lord. He just proved to them. He says, look at my hands. You see the nail prints. You see in my side where the spear went through that we just read about. One of his disciples had said he saw it and he was writing about it. And he was a witness of that. And he says, these things are true. And now Jesus just confirming that with them. Here, you see my hands, you see my side, and they saw it was the Lord. Then Jesus said unto them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. As my Father has come here, has sent me here upon the earth to preach and to teach and to be able to receive His Spirit. He says, even so will I send you. Now He's talking to His disciples again. Are you and am I this morning, are we a true disciple of His? Ready to do whatever He says, ready to go and to teach and to preach? And are we elated that we can see Him and know Him and hear that today spiritually? Peace be unto you. Blessed peace. There's no greater peace than what He's talking about here. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. And he said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins you shall remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. And I believe that he was just breathed upon them. And he says, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. And I don't believe that they received it at that time. But they were in that condition then. On that day of Pentecost, he says, now you receive this. And they were in the condition to where they could receive it. And they did receive it on that day. And then they were able to overcome. And he says then, you go and you preach the Word 
simple, pure, and free. And whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted by by preaching and teaching and them accepting the Word of God. Their sins can be taken away. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. And if you preach and they, and they hear the Word and they reject it, then they are still in those sins. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in thy hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now here was one. That had been with Jesus. And here he was talking to people that had been with Jesus while he was alive. They had been right in his presence there. And they had seen his hands. They had seen the wound in his side. And they were telling Thomas about it. And Thomas was a doubter. He did not believe. There are people throughout the world. There are people here maybe. Hearing the wonderful words of God today but doubting Him of what He can do for you. He can overcome it all if we put it into His hands. There is nothing, no, nothing for us to fear in that spiritual part. He can overcome it. Do not doubt Him. He has promised, I will overcome I will send to you that comforter. I'll give you peace. And that's the spiritual things that I'm talking about. And that's all that matters. It doesn't matter what happens to this body. If we've got that spiritual part taken care of. If we know Jesus Christ. We have that eternal life. Abiding in us. And after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Again, look at what he said every time that he was coming and showing himself. His first thing says, Peace be unto you. And that's what he's talking to us about today. Peace. Be unto you by the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. Then said, then said he to Thomas. Thomas, he pointed him out. Point blank. You have been doubting. Now Thomas, reach hither thy finger. You said you wouldn't believe unless you put your finger right in the holes on my hand. Thomas, reach hither the finger. Behold my hands. Look at them. Reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. Jesus knew Thomas. He knew who it was and what it was. And he understood that if I can just really come down and show Thomas this, he will believe. And that's what he's doing with each and every one of us today. 
His truths are being laid out for us to be able to understand and believe. Do not be a doubter. He says, now Thomas, reach out. Put your hand finger in my hand. Thrust your hand into my side. And be not faithless. Now what he's telling us today is that you know these things and you, you've, you're able to read. We're able to discourse on them. We're able, I'm able to teach you these wonderful words of life. Be not faithless, but have faith that these things happen to our Lord and Savior. Have faith that He's the Son of God. Have faith that you can have remission of sins because He lived. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. And that's what I want each and every one of us today. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what your name is, or what. I want us to be just recognize His Word and accept Him as my Lord and my God and my Savior, Jesus Christ. Let those things be in our mind today and know it of a reality. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and have believed. And that would be each and every one of the believers that's here today. He's saying, blessed are you. Because you have not seen that physical body of Jesus Christ. With the print of the nails and the pierced side. You haven't seen that. But you have faith. That these things took place. You have faith that He was the Son of God. And He says, Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Blessed are you. Jesus Christ saying that. Because you have been able to know and receive Him. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of His disciples, which are not written in this book, but they are written that you might believe that Jesus, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through His name." I'm going to put in there that ye might have life everlasting through His name. There is no death in God. There is no death in God. We can receive that new birth and have life. And when this body is laid down, then we have that new eternal life That is God. God is a spirit, he says. And we must worship him in spirit. God is a spirit. And we must worship him in spirit. I want to turn to Matthew and read just a few verses, a few places there in Matthew. The 27th chapter of Matthew. 
starting there. At the 62nd verse. And the next day that followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees came together unto Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that that deceiver said while he was yet alive, After three days I will rise again. Now they put him in the tomb, they sealed him. Or that's what is about to happen here is what we're reading about. They put him in the tomb. Here the ones that had him put to death are now coming to Pilate and they're concerned. They said, now here, he said that he would rise again the third day. Now that's what we want you to do, Pilate. Command therefore that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people, He is risen from the dead. So the last error shall be worse than the first. And what they're saying here, take him, make this thing sure. Put a guard there so that this can't happen. He says he came here and he was a deceiver. And if this happens then, and we let them come and do this and steal him away and say that, they will be deceiving people more than he did. He is risen from the dead, so the last error shall be first and the worst. They were just looking at upon it and proclaiming and saying that Jesus Christ was an error. But he was not an error. Jesus Christ was what God sent, the Messiah of the world. He was the greatest thing that has ever happened to you and I. He came here as a Savior that we can be saved. And he overcame all things. There was no error in that at all. Pilate said unto them, You have a watch, go your way, make it as sure as you can. So they went and made the sepulchre sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. Sealing that stone. And setting a watch there. That these things, that nobody could come and steal him away. That that could not happen. And in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, when Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the angel of the Lord descended from heaven, and came and rolled back the stone from the door, and sat upon it, and his countenance was like lightning, and his raiment white as snow, an angel from God, overpowering all that man was trying to do, they had put him in the tomb. They had taken his life. They had sealed it with the, with the power of the authorities in the land at that day. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and become as dead men. Here man thought, we'll just put somebody, we'll put some guards there around it. And we'll keep these things from happening. But God, Almighty God, had a plan. And Almighty God overthrew what man was trying to do. It had been prophesied and He had told them that He would rise again the third day. And He accomplished that. And He arose victorious over all that man was trying to do. And the keepers did shake 
and became as dead men when they saw what was taking place here. It was a wonderful sight to the righteous, but a terrible sight to these wicked men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not, ye, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth forth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him, though I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples word and we've read other things there about what was what was going on in all of those things and let's just continue to read through that 28th and they and and they went and tell Jesus, tell the, his disciples, Behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hell. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there they shall see me. Now when they were going, behold, some of the watch came into the city and showed unto the chief priest all the things that were done. And here those, those soldiers that were there watching the tomb. And they saw what had taken place. The angel come and rolled us on back. And they became as dead men. They were shaking and fearful. And now they're going into the city to tell the high priest, the chief priest, what had taken place there. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave them large money unto the soldiers, saying, Say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. And if this come to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and secure you. As so they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. I want you to see how deceitful Satan is and what he can do if the power of God is not used. But here these men saw it. I witnessed to Jesus there the tomb opening. And here, they went and they told the high priest. And even the high priest then did not believe it. They didn't want to believe it. They knew that this would really be something if it was told of what happened. So they get the men out and they give them, they call together a, a council meeting and they give them great sums of money to, for you to go and say that you fell asleep while you were gardening. And you know that in those days if you were sent to guard something and you fell asleep, that you were not, you were punished by death for that. But here they said, we'll, we, if the authorities find out about what took place, we will get with them and we will persuade them and secure you. Look at what man was trying to do when he could have accepted what Jesus had done and had eternal life. But they just kept going. They had followed a lie and crucified Him. Now they were continuing to present and to make up lies and continue to follow a lie. Don't let these things happen in our life. 
But let the truth be written in your mind and in your heart and see victory with Him. So they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among them, among the Jews until this day. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw Him, they worshipped Him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. His last, some of his last words there. Right before he ascended up into heaven. Go and teach them to observe all things. And that is what he is wanting us to do today. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And he says, he that hears my word and does them. He says, I will abide with him and he will abide with me. But he says, he that hears my words and doeth them not is condemned. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always until the end of the world. Amen. I want to read just a verse or two here in the end of Luke. 24th chapter of Luke of what he what was taking place, what he had to say about some of the same things that was going on there. Again, he's talking there, starting at the thirty sixth verse there, he says, And thus spake Jesus stood in the midst of them and said, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted, and supposed they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have. And when they had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they were while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have you here any meat? And they gave him a piece of a broiled fish and of a honeycomb, and he took it and did eat before them, just showing them that it was him and that he was alive again. He wanted them to understand that he had been resurrected back to life. He wants us to all understand today that yes, he was resurrected back to life. And he is there today at the right hand of his Father for you and for me. Accept him, my friend. Don't be afraid. Accept him. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. Now, he's opening up, he's giving them knowledge. He is opening up their mind that they may understand, he says. And he said unto them, 
Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer, and to, ra- and to rise from the dead the third day. He said, all of these things, it behooved me. This is why I came here to the earth, for all these things to happen, for me to suffer, and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in my name among all nations. Beginning at Jerusalem. And that is what is being preached and taught to you today. That repentance and remission of sins in the name of Jesus Christ being preached to us and preached throughout the world today. And it was beginning right there in Jerusalem in that time. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father unto you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. Just wait here. He says, I will send the promise. What was the promise? We read about that a little bit earlier in the service. The promise that he said, I'll send to you a comforter. If I go away, I will send you that comforter. Now he's telling them, Behold, I send the promise of my Father unto you, tarry you in Jerusalem, till you are endued with the power on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands, and he blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them, he parted from them and he carried up unto, and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. Amen to what he said. And just, I want to just read a verse or two here in Acts of what he would promise there. And just on my mind here that let's go on and, and see how that was fulfilled. We've read all about what took place and talked about it. And here is this promise being fulfilled in the second chapter of the Acts. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them clothed in tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. This is the promise. The Comforter. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. And now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak the language, speak in his own language. Now all of a sudden, here was these people that they had heard this rushing mighty wind and they had seen these men. Now all of a sudden, they are speaking and it is different from anything they've ever seen. They're speaking with different tongues and they're speaking the wonderful words of God. That Holy Spirit has entered into them. And they were all now, they heard, they heard these things, all these devout people. They heard what was happening there. And now they come around and they says, Behold, are not these which speak Galileans? How do we hear every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? 
the Word of God, the marvelous miracle of God. Parthians and Medes and Emulites, and the dwellers of Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia and in Pontus and Asia and Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt and the parts of Libya and about Cyrene and strangers of Rome and Jews and proselytes and Creeds and Arabians, all do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful words of God, and they were amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? What does it mean? It means exactly what we've been reading and talking about today. That promise of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. That comforter. Thou had been sent. He said, I will send them to you. They were there. And you can go in and read all about those things. And Peter told them all about what they had done. And they had killed. They had crucified him. And those people then, he said, their heart was pricked. He said, what must we do? Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children. And to all that are far off. A far off in time and a far off in countries, wherever it might be. But that promise is unto us today just as much as it was unto those people there on that day of Pentecost. And there was about 3,000 souls that believed and was added to the church that day. Because of believing the wonderful words of life. Because Jesus Christ had been on the earth and overcome all things. And now we can overcome it all. Don't let Satan get you down. Don't let Satan tell you you can't. Don't let him tell you it's a hard saying. Trust in him. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Put our faith and trust there. He will do it for us. I hope that we've all been able to understand why and what our Lord and Savior did for us about 2,000 years ago. And He is just as available And His power is just as available to us today as it was in those days. Go to Him. Peace be unto you. We will sing number 89, Christ arose and He has victorious. For us, number eighty nine.
That was an empty tomb. Could not hold him. He is coming again. I will come back to get my people. He arose, but he is coming soon. Put your faith and trust in him. And encourage one another with these words. Victory in Jesus Christ. Let us pray. To God the Father, we come to you this morning and we just thank you for reminding us of all of what your Son did for us today. And reminding us that he is there with you. And you are there ready to give to him all that come unto him. That new birth, that new spirit, that comforter. And that we can all receive that through Jesus Christ. Help us to keep in mind and to be encouraged in your word. And we ask you to be with everyone that is struggling spiritually today to comfort them and to help them to move up. Help them to just put it into your hands, knowing that this life is too much for us. But if we'll put it into the hands of Jesus Christ, we can see victory. Again, we thank you for all that's been done, and we ask you to just show us what you'd have for us to do with the things you've entrusted into our hands. And be with all them throughout this next week that we can see victory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.